You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. is that uh, you have to teach and preach to yourself first. It's a challenge, but it's also a blessing because it gives you the opportunity to get right with God. So that's good. Um, but, uh, you know, but I, that was the case with some of this, just the Lord challenging my heart with uh, some of these tr- truths This uh, uh, as I studied this. But Colossians chapter 4, and I want to read verses 2 through 6 verses 2 through 6 of Colossians 4 where the Bible says continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving um man I tell you the truth are we the not the complainingest bunch of people you'd ever want to meet uh, I'm giving this to you for free by the way and I understand and you know I, I understand there's things that are kind of worth complaining about don't get me wrong but complaining don't do a whole lot of good does it i mean i'm amazed i I don't know what's going on but as much complaining as there's been on social media about gas prices they still went up today you know i mean i guess we just need to complain some more and and i did take a picture of mine today Uh, i didn't post it because the baby stuff going on but i I was going to and you might you may or may not like this but i was going to post it and say thank you Jesus, not thank you, Joe Biden. Thank you, Jesus. Why? I was able to get gas today. I got a truck. I was able to put gas in. I was able to drive that truck to Sioux City and, you know, do something for the Lord. I mean, uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, Now, I I understand if you ask me, well, who do you think is responsible for those gas prices? Well, well, that's a different conversation, (laughs) amen? But uh, griping and complaining about it is not doing a whole lot of good. Anyway, that has nothing, that don't have a lot to do with this message, uh, if anything at all, so I'll move on. Verse number three, well, I'll read verse number two again. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all, praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Go back with me to verse number 5 quickly. The Bible says, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Folks, this is the key to the section that we're going to consider tonight. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. And I want to try to 
just challenge our hearts today and preach to you on the thought of winning those who are without. Winning those that are without. And this passage was, this phrase was first used in the New Testament by the Lord Jesus Christ in Mark chapter 4 verse 11 when he said, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So the Lord is the one who drew a line. He said, there are those who are my disciples, those who know me, those that are within. But there's another, on the other side of that line are those who are without. And it'd be a good, maybe a good opportunity to ask the question, are you in or not? Are you in or are you out? But he says, toward, we need to walk in wisdom toward those who are without. And folks, I want to say that there is a difference. Jesus made the difference. Some people are his disciples. Others are not. And folks, without is a cold, dark, and terrible place to be. In, it, when, when closing the apocalypse and really putting the, the last words in the Bible, in Revelation chapter 22, verses 14 through 15, he refers and describes the bliss of those that are within. Man, and I can't wait. Can you, what a day that's going to be. Uh, I, uh, I visit uh, regularly uh, Don a uh, fella in our church, and he's uh, 97 years old and uh, knows the Lord, and he says, I'm ready to go. Uh, and, and then just a couple weeks ago, I got to visit a precious friend of mine, and she was 96, but I got to visit her. And, and I could truly say to her there just moments before she went crossed over into heaven, I could say to her, I'm a little jealous of you. I'm a little jealous of you because you're about to go see the Lord. Amen. You're about to go into heaven. But, but in Revelation, he's describing the eternal state, and he talks about the bliss of those who have access to the celestial city, those who are in, those who are in, those who are in Christ, those that are in uh, the, the family of God, those that are within. But then he makes a solemn and stark contrast to those who are without. And he says, for without, those without, for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Throughout the course of our days and lives, folks, we ought to have the outsiders in mind. As God's people, we need to always be thinking about the people who don't know Christ. We need to always be thinking about the people who are on the other side of that line like we were one day. And if you are now in Christ, the reason you're in Christ is because somebody reached across the line. Somebody cared enough to pray for you. Somebody cared enough to teach you the Word of God. Whether it was a parent, whether it was a preacher, whether it was a friend, somebody cared enough to reach out to you. And so we should live a life. I mean, that's what Jesus said. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So there's an interesting implication there, isn't there? If we're following Jesus, it ought to be on our heart to be fishers of men. 
trying to catch people, bring people in, bring people to Jesus. He said, of course, he also said, ye are the light of the world. Now you think, let's just, if we could just think about this for a moment, and I know sometimes we hear this, but man, if it could just sink through to our heart that we really are, you really are the hope of somebody out there that's on the outside, those that are without. You're the hope, not me, because I don't even know these people that you know. And if, I, and if I run across them, I don't have the opportunity that you have with them. I don't know your neighbors like you know your neighbors. I don't know your family. I don't know the people at school. I don't have that opportunity, and, and you don't have the opportunity for the people in my life. Um, ye are the light of the world. Literally, we are the hope of somebody to get to heaven. You are. How else are they getting there? See, Jesus, yes, when he walked the earth, he said, I am the light of the world. But before he left, he said, ye are the light of the world. And so it is through you and it's through me, it's through each of us that people come to Christ. We are the only hope for people who, and we're the last hope of people who are dying all around us. We're to, by the help of God, win them to Christ. Now, our text tells us and provides us with some resources in that. Do you ever feel inadequate to try to win somebody to Christ? Is it overwhelming to you at all when you hear you're the hope? You're the one? Because you are. And then you sit there and say, well, my goodness. And by the way, I want to, before I get too far on the resources, because it was awesome because it, it wasn't just an accident, but I, I listened to like three messages in a row today without searching out these particular messages. And every one of them was talking about winning people to the Lord from a different angle. It was just so, such an awesome day in that regard. I'm like, my goodness, I keep getting inundated with this. I'd like to share so much of that, but one thing, I, a very simple thing I think I can share tonight is just simply this. We are called to be witnesses for Him. He did not call us to be defense attorneys, attorneys for Him. He did not call us to be prosecutors for Him. He called us to be the witnesses. He didn't call us to be judges. He called us to be witnesses. And, and what can a witness testify to? That which they've seen. That which they've experienced. And so if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're standing trial and as a witness to something and somebody asks you a question that you don't know or you, you're not sure about, you just say, well, I don't know. But I do know one thing. I know who Jesus is. I know what he's done in my life. And it's being a witness. But, but let's look at a couple of these resources and it starts here. Number one, he tells us that the first and the foremost of these resources being prayer. So cool tonight. I did not coordinate with Ryan to have him read the missionary prayer letter that said pray for us and that we're trying to teach these men how to preach and we're trying to teach them the word of God. But, more, but most importantly, we're trying to teach them to pray. Because without prayer, uh, you know, I love that, uh, that stands in the song, Brethren, we have met to worship. All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. And so we must have the power of God. So uh, the, the first point that I want to deal with tonight uh, and then give a few sub-points is this. We are to be, we are to be uh, prayerful in our character. Prayerful in our character. And this is verses 2 through 4 is really what we'll probably have time to deal with tonight. Again, continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving. 
with all, again, praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make manifest as I ought to speak. All right? So the first uh, sub-point I want to give you is this. On the great resource of, of, of being a witness and being a light to those that are without, it is prayer. We're to be prayerful in our character. So the first thing I want to talk about is the great habit of our lives. Anybody got habits? Some people don't like the word habit. Uh, not all habits are bad habits, by the way. Do you know that? Uh, some habits are bad habits. Then uh, I could ask your husband or your wife or your mom or your dad, and I'm sure you'd say, yep, they've got a few bad habits. But, but it, it's, it's just, just the thing of something that we do routinely. And by the grace of God, when it comes to prayer, prayer ought to be the great habit of our lives. He says they're continuing prayer. In other words, as we walk and talk and just live our lives on a daily basis, we ought to do it through prayer. Praying. The Bible, we know the Bible says pray without ceasing. There is such a great emphasis on prayer in the New Testament. Prayer, listen to me, don't, don't shut down when I talk about prayer. Prayer links you and me with the throne of God. The very throne of Almighty God. I mean, wow. It's, 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 it's by prayer that we do business in the heavenlies. You ever call on somebody for help? You know, yeah, yeah. You ever, you ever just call on somebody and maybe it's a family member, maybe you don't know who to call on for, but it's nice if you can call on somebody to help you that's going to help you, right? Well, let me tell you something. You have a God in heaven that wants you to call on him and he wants, you to, and he wants to help you. And when it comes to this, this business of being a witness and, and being a light to those that are without, he's the one who can make the difference. Prayer is the most purely spiritual of all of our exercises. Reading the Bible, coming to church, all these things are great. But prayer is, is so such a purely spiritual deal. I'll tell you one thing right now. You, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do in the flesh, so to speak. Uh, you can do with the wrong motives. But I'm telling you, it's, when it comes to true prayer, true prayer, you can't do that in the flesh. You've you, you got to be, because the thing is, for a sincere Christian, you know the reason I think sometimes we don't like to pray? When we start to pray, we want to pray sometimes because we want help and we want to talk to God about what's going on in our lives and, and whatever else. But sometimes we get down to pray and we want to start talking about some things and God says, well, wait a second, uh, don't you got some confessing you need to do first? Don't you got some things you need to deal with first? And then we're like, okay, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, I'll just go on then. Uh, I think sometimes we can struggle with prayer for a lot of reasons. Um, but most people, most people would rather do just about anything than pray. Just about anything than pray. Uh, stay tuned because we're going to be having more of an emphasis on prayer. Uh, praying before the services, maybe have a special uh, day of prayer from time to time. Um, and man, I challenge you to come to that. You say, if, if we have something like that, if we're praying earlier, if we're staying over and praying, or if we're having a special day where we pray, mark it down and plan to come. 
Uh, and don't let it intimidate you like, oh, I'll leave that for the spiritual people. No, uh, that's, that we all need to pray. Amen. And so continue in prayer. This means continue, continue. That's our theme for 2022. Continue in prayer means this should be the great habit of our lives. Here, here's some cool things about what it means to continue in prayer. Number one, it means that it ought to be the great habit of our lives. Number two, it, it carries the idea of being strong toward prayer. Someone said that the phrase carried the idea, listen to this, carried the idea of persisting in the siege. So think about being under siege, under attack, like we are, but you persist under siege. You continue to pray. You continue to call on heaven. You continue to see God make a difference in someone's life. See, when we see, we, we need to pray because we need to continue in prayer because we're up against Satan's invisible principalities. We're up against Satan's uh, invisible principalities when we pray. I, there, there's some things I've learned along the way, real practical things. I've given the example before about how that I started figuring something out about attending church. Uh, when I first got saved, uh, I, I loved coming to church, you know, and everything, but there was a time I got out of church a little bit, and then there'd be times I didn't really feel like coming to church, so I didn't come to church, whatever. And, uh, and somewhere along the line, I just got to myself thinking, well, why wouldn't I go to church? And, and there was a few times, here's what actually happened. There was a few times, Sarah Sue, to where I was, I was trying to think of the excuses. It's almost like a kid uh, before they go to school. And, 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 and our kids don't do this, but, it's such, but I used to do it all the time. I used to just think to myself, man, I, I, the, the more I thought about it, I could almost make my stomach hurt if I just thought about it hard enough. You know, I don't feel like going to school. Oh, I just feel so sick. Uh, you know, and, but what, it was like I was, I was almost being like that about coming to church. I can't go. And by the way, uh, I mean, if you're, if you're, I don't care, I don't care if Teddy Roosevelt's coming to visit me. That would be a weird deal if he did. I don't know why I said that. I'm telling the dude, I got church. Want to come with me? You don't? I'll be back in a little bit. You know, I don't get, I don't get all the excuses that people make for church. Can I just say that right quick? But I, I get some of them because I've been there, okay? Uh, but, but there I am. And, uh, and, and, and I'm thinking of an excuse not to go to church. And then finally I'm like, you know what? What am I thinking? I'm going to go anyway. And you know what would happen? I would go. Now, I'm, I'm talking about prayer here in a minute. I'm just telling you a longer story than I meant to to make a point. I would go. And I would get my socks blessed off. I would go and I'd be like, man, I needed that message. I'm working on it, Doria. Got her shoes off, not her socks yet, but, uh, but listen, uh, and, and, I mean, so, I mean, I'd, I'd get so blessed. I'd come to church, I'd get so blessed. And then I'd think to myself, wait a second. Oh, can I just throw something else in here? Here I am getting on church again, and I'm preaching to a Wednesday night crowd. How about that? But I'll just, I'll just encourage you. Uh, uh, that, that, honestly, another thing about that, about I can't tell you the times, it's, it's, it's almost uncanny. I'll have somebody come to me that's having a really, really tough time. And, and we all do that. But there's been times I've had people that aren't the, don't come to church that often that are having a tough time. And then they start telling me, man, here's what I've been dealing with this week. And you know what I do? I could just about pull my outline out from Sunday. 
and say, okay, here we go. Let's talk about this. Now, so God gave them a message Sunday that was going to help them on Tuesday. But they weren't here to get that message Tuesday, so they come across Tuesday and they got in a rough patch. So then, thankfully, I'm glad they come to me because then I can give them the message, but they could have just come and got it Sunday. You think about that? Um, long story short, I ain't that smart. She hadn't figured that out yet. But I can figure a few things out. And I sat there, Shane, and I thought to myself, well, wait here a second. That old devil was really working on me not coming tonight. I almost listened. I was like, what about them other times I didn't come? And you know what I started doing? Honestly, the devil quit messing with me about church. You want to know why? Because I turned it around on him. And I said to myself, when I would start getting that thing, oh, man, I, I am... You know, the more I think about it, I am pretty tired, and you know how it goes. And, and of course, I'm, I'm not doing too good this week. I don't want to come to church. Ain't that funny? It's like, well, maybe I need to go more. Whatever it is that I'm struggling with. But then I would stop and say, wait a second. Hallelujah. Where's my Bible? God must really have something for me tonight. The way the devil's fighting. All the things I'm coming up with, the devil must have, it's working on me because God's got something good for me tonight, and that would be the attitude I'd go to church with. Now, let me tell you, if you go to attitude with that church, God's going to have something for you. Uh, but I'd go to attitude with that, and, and so here's the point. The devil fights. What, you know what he fights more than coming to church? He fights prayer. I wish, we, I wish I would figure out like I figured that one out when he's fighting prayer. Wait a second. I might ought to just keep on praying here. I'm getting distracted, I'm getting tired, I'm having a hard time praying through, but uh, you know what, May, wait a second, I better not stop. God must really have something He's going to do in this prayer today, in this time that I'm talking to Him. Same thing in the Word of God. You know, I know there, God's got something for me in Leviticus today. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to get in there and read it. Uh, uh, you know, so, so, so just the, the point being that when you go to pray... You are lining up against Satan's invisible principalities. Satan lines up his big battalions when we pray. That's why we need the whole armor of God when we pray, Ephesians chapter number 6. According to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, we need the Holy Spirit's help when we pray. This isn't a human function. I mean, we, 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 it's our will, but we must have the power of the Holy Spirit of God to help us to pray according to Romans 8, 26 and 27. It's only through prayer, let's go back to the context here, it's only through prayer that husbands, wives, children, parents, workers, bosses can be what they need to be for God. It's through prayer. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. What oxygen is to the physical man, prayer is to the spiritual man. What oxygen is to the physical man, prayer is to the spiritual man. Jesus said that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Luke 18, 1. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. All right, so that should be the great habit of our lives ought to be prayer. That's the, 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 the great resource. But, he, but not only that, he goes on to say a guarded habit of our lives. He said, continue in prayer and watch with the same. Watch with the same. Watch means to keep awake. 
be vigilant. Wait, be watchful. Now, when I'm talking about prayer and watching, and watching meaning partly to stay awake, I wonder if, 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 if anything comes to your mind. The Garden of Eden. My goodness. <laughs> nope. Uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. Just seeing if you're just paying attention. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said, as a matter of fact, I believe I got it right here, Mark chapter 13, verse 33. He told his, Jesus told his disciples, watch and pray. But they did not watch. What did they do instead of watching? What did they do instead of praying? They fell asleep. Then Jesus woke them up, told them, hey, fellas, I need you to watch and pray with me. Then what did they do again? They fell asleep again. Now, there could be something to say. I, I want to say, can I just say this? I've, I've talked to people before that say, Preacher, I feel so guilty. I fall asleep when I'm praying. I used to feel bad for falling asleep praying. And I would start praying just nonsense. Uh, man, you know what? I, one, one time, I, I, I guess I turned a little name it and claim it one time, Ralphie. Uh, I was praying, and I started nodding off and just praying, praying, and just without breaking stride, I said, Lord, now thank you for that new truck out there in the driveway. This is when we first got married. Uh, but, but I struggled with that. But you know what finally the Lord helped me with? I'm glad that, I've got, that, that God's given me enough peace to where I can just drift off to sleep when I'm talking to him. Is that wonderful? So don't feel guilty if you fall asleep physically when you're praying in that sense. But I'm telling you, the Bible warns about a spiritual sleep, doesn't it? Uh, and being in a spiritual slumber. So, uh, so, 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 but he said, watch and pray. But they didn't. They fell asleep. So it's no wonder that when the soldiers showed up, uh, do you think, I wonder if there's any correlation to that. Jesus said, hey, I need you fellas watching and praying with me. They didn't. See, Jesus knew something that they didn't know. There were soldiers coming to that garden in a little bit. I wonder would they had tucked tail and run had they been praying and watching with Jesus. I don't know, but I know they did tuck tail and run, and it's hard to think that they didn't do that because they weren't praying and watching with Jesus. By the way, that word watch, watch and pray, there, continue in prayer and watch with the same, that word is the same word that's used. There's no coincidence in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. Same word. Watch, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Watch. What do we need to watch? We need to watch, keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to be beholding him and beseeching him. Uh, Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we need, to be, we need to have a guarded habit. We need to have a, a, uh, the, the, the great habit of prayer, the guarded habit of watching, and then the grateful habit of our lives. There again in verse number 2, continue in prayer with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. <laughs> oh man, how grateful should you and I be for Calvary? I mean, you think about that. Jesus Christ, I mean, the veil in that temple was torn asunder, ripped wide open, so that you and I could have access into the very presence of God. Me, you, 
that we could come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain uh, grace and find, or obtain help and find grace in the time of need. I butchered that a little bit, but he, he, he made the way. We can come to him whenever we like, stay as long as we like, talk to him about anything we like, no matter who we are or where we live or what we do. Some of us that are talkers, I've, I've talked about this before. Some of us that are talkers, man, if you're a talker, I'm still trying to learn this. I'm glad God's put people in my life. Look for some social cues. All right? If you're like me and you could talk the horns off of billy goats, you know, if, if, if you're like that, what, watch for this right here. Yeah. Man, that's really something. They're not saying, will you follow me, please? I, I mean, no, and, and, and it's not that somebody, listen, those people aren't trying to be rude. They really might try to be somewhere. And can I say something else? And when you say, and we, or when they say, hey, I would love to keep talking to you about this, but I really need to do this. Okay, well, but let me tell you anyway, let me tell you this. What you have to say is so darn important, right? That it's more important than anything they got to do. All right. I'm saying that as a fellow talker, okay? So talkers don't get mad at me. But I'm glad. There's been people inch away from me. There's been people. Uh, <laughs> oh, bless Bud's heart. Amen. He's probably, if he's not listening now, he'll be listening later. He'll be glad I told it. I think he'd got done talking to Ralph uh, on Sunday, and I'm pretty sure he walked away saying, thank God I can turn my hearing aid off so you, I can quit hearing you for a minute. And I said, I said, well, Ralph's right. He said, I wanted him to hear me. <laughs> Melanie says that Bud's her spirit animal, <laughs> amen. But, uh, <laughs> but not everybody's <laughs> like Bud. Uh, not with Ralph, I ain't saying it, but just, she just loves Bud's gruffness, you know, and now he's just, matter of fact, but, uh, but listen, I mean, uh, but Jesus, Jesus had never said, oh my goodness, ain't that a blessing? Jesus has never been like, and, and some of you would just, you just need to talk to Jesus a little bit more, amen, but, uh, so, but I, I think that's a wonderful thing, Jesus never gets tired of us, ain't, that's pretty awesome. I can wear people out, man, but I've never wore Jesus out. He loves me that much. And so continue in prayer. Watch with the same. The grateful habit of our lives is with thanksgiving. Man, what a blessing that he loves me. What a blessing that he'll hear what I got to say. There's no one on earth who will give us either the time or the understanding or the help that Jesus will. We should come to him gratefully. Man, we should be grateful for, his, uh, for the opportunity to pray. Prayer should be the grateful habit of our lives. We should thank God every day that we can come before His throne, bow our hearts before Him, and make bare our innermost thoughts. And the, the, the last one I want to give you is this. The grandest habit of our lives, okay? Here's another one. Look at again at verses 3 and 4. This is cool, all right? I, I, Christian, I thought about... When, when Kenley told me earlier today, she said, 
Christian had one person come to, I went with Christian, she said, but they had one other person come to Bible study, the first Bible study today. And it was so cool because I, I, I was thinking about these verses. But in verse 3 it says, with all, praying also for us. So here's the Apostle Paul saying, hey, I, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for the preachers that are in, in the, and the workers that are with me. Praying for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which also I am in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Man, this is pretty powerful. Hear this last point here tonight. Such is the power of prayer. It can open prison doors, a sinner's heart, or an apostle's mouth as God wills. Paul had come to terms with his incarceration. Two long years he was imprisoned at Caesarea. Now, year after year, he is a prisoner in Rome. Now, that may have been enough to shut the mouth of a lot of people, or at least change what's coming out of the mouth of a lot of people. But not Paul. He saw opportunities everywhere. He spoke to Felix, Festus, King Agrippa. All of them heard the gospel. Probably Nero himself heard the gospel from the Apostle Paul. Folks, Agrippa, they all heard this because, listen to this, because of his chains. Because of his chains. Because of his trial. Because of his difficulties. See, troubles and trials have a tendency to make us look inward. Now remember, the, the, the key to the section I'm giving to you are, are those that are without. Praying, walking, living, being thankful, all of these things is going to help us reach those that are without. But trials, chains, have a tendency to make us look inward. It's so The first thing we normally do is say things or think things like, why me? Why me? And then we just get in our heads and we get in real, real inward and, and self-centered. And I'm not fussing at you about that. I'm just saying it's, it's natural. That's kind of what happens. It's, it's human nature, I believe, that we just kind of begin to focus internally. But God help us to learn to witness through the storms, to win people through the trials, to remember our purpose in the midst of the storms. We need to begin to view these as the opportunities they are instead of the obstacles. I mean, I know that we talk about this a lot, but this just hit me in a fresh way today. If anybody ever, I've often thought about this, if anybody ever, because anybody ever been there? And you can admit it, it's okay. So maybe it starts off with you saying, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to do, do my best for the Lord. I'm going to do right. I've been challenged from God's word in this area of my life. Yeah, okay, then. I'm, 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 I'm repenting of this. This is something I wasn't doing before, so I'm going to start doing. I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to walk. With, I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to walk with God. And then for whatever reason, we expect something after that. Because a lot of times after we do that, for one thing, we feel awfully good. Man, and you, and you hear the birds singing and the sun is shining and, and everything's going good, but it's not too long to where, inevitably, man, things, 
start not going so good. Now, you know, you, you don't have goosebumps at church anymore. Well, I better go find another church. Well, no, that's not what you do. Um, you know, whatever it is. I mean, you, you, you just start experiencing some difficulties. But here's Paul. If anybody could ever had that for an excuse, right? Lord, I've been doing something for you. Why? And, and, and there's not always a good answer to that, but one big one is God knows best, and the one I give you all the time is that he, he knows better than we know and knows more than we know. He, 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 uh, he's too powerful to let anything happen to our li- in, in our lives that he's not in control of. He loves us too much to do us wrong. He's too wise to make a mistake so we can trust him. But here's the point. Here's Paul. Now, as preachers, we like, preachers like to preach. And preachers like opportunities to preach. Preachers like the opportunity to preach to crowds. They, and, and they like getting invitations to preach uh, places and things of that nature. Here's the Apostle Paul. You don't want to know how big his audience, his sermons have been. You know what, want to know what, Christian? Most of all these sermons he's praying for utterance about have been to one person here lately. His congregation for years now has often consisted of one. And sometimes that one was the, the Roman soldier that was chained to him for a shift each day. One. Um, see, Paul's converts were found in the royal palace itself. Now, just think if Paul would have been like so many of us are. The moment he got beaten and arrested, never heard from him again. I, I guarantee you one thing, if he would have written the letters that said, pray for me, it's terrible. You know, Joe Biden's ruining everything. I can't get my Christian liberty and all that stuff. All these things are true. Uh, except for Joe Biden. I don't, he may have been alive back then. I don't know. But, um, but, but anyway, those letters would have long been gone. But he didn't do that. He said, okie dokie then. Here we go. Arrested. This is where God wants me. So I'm just going to preach. Now, listen, I, there's a, something to that. Understand me. People take, take things. You're trying to make a point sometimes. Paul did say in one place, he said, wait a second. He said, I'm a Roman citizen. I mean, in other words, he was saying, you, don't, you can't just lock me up and beat me without me giving me a trial. Um, so he was, the rights that he had, he was trying to use the rights that he had. I want to make clear of that. So he took a stand. But over, overall, just think about the fact that he kept on going. Now, Paul still had visitors. They did allow visitors in, in much of his incarceration. Those daring souls like Onesiphorus, who was not ashamed or intimidated by Paul's chains. He still had his pen. He's still going to write. See, he didn't get all caught up on what he didn't have. He thought, well, this is what I got. Paul turned, so think about this, Paul turned Caesar's prison, and not just any Caesar, ultimately Nero's prison, Paul turned Nero's prison into the corporate headquarters for his evangelistic enterprise. Amen? That's what it was. Here he is. I mean, he's got free, free room and board. He's got visitors coming in now. He's writing. He wrote Colossians. That's still changing lives today. He's sending out stuff to train other missionaries. He's winning this soldier to Christ. He's winning this senator to Christ. I mean, he's just where he's at. He's making a difference. 
He could have sat around and said, oh, poor, pitiful me. But he didn't. He said, here I am. I need you all to pray for me. Oh, here it comes, Paul. What's the problem? I, I, I just need you to pray. Well, what's your prayer request, Paul? You're in prison. I, I, you've said before that, that you haven't had proper clothing. I don't know how your meals are. Uh, yeah, y'all pray for me that I finally get out of this mess. He didn't say that here. He said, pray, pray for me that the Spirit of God gives me utterance. Paul, what do you want more than anything? I want to be able to preach to thousands. Oh, well, that would be wonderful. But, but no, I just mean to this guy right here. I just want to have the right message to this guy right here. Ain't that cool? Uh, that's awesome. Pray for me that I can preach to this dude. Um, and it's just an amazing thing. Um, so he, he still preached. He was still faithful even to an audience of one. Remember that, that Paul, uh, that just, just like you and me, Paul was a man. All right? And this is where I'm... Uh, bringing this thing down to a close, but Paul was a man just like you and just like me. That's why he needed the Holy Spirit to fill his heart and to lose his tongue. I'm telling you all these things about Paul. He is saying, pray for me, though. Pray for me. I need your prayers. He was a man just like you. He was a human being just like you are. He needed the supporting prayers of God's people. I like what the Bible says in James 5 about, uh, uh, about Elijah, where the Bible says that he was a man of like passions as we are. But it says, and he prayed earnestly. And the Bible says, and he prayed again. And God did miracles through his life. Queen Esther pleaded for the supporting prayers of God's people to back her up in her daring venture to become the mediator for God's people with the king. She needed help. Here's what Paul's saying. Come, share with me in this great opportunity I have in sharing the gospel, testifying the truth in Caesar's palace. I need your prayers. It's only as you pray that I will know what to say when my time comes. I'm glad that Paul just was calling on everyday ordinary people to say pray for me so I'll know what to say. Paul was a brilliant man. But I can imagine, I've known a few preachers through the, day, through, through the years that I would think would, they figure they already know everything what they ought to say. But Paul was just asking you, will you, will you pray for me? I, I just want to be able to say the right thing. I want to be able to speak the right words, and I want to speak those words in due season. Now, the mystery of prayer, the mystery of prayer, how and why it works is, even, is part of an even greater mystery. He mentions it here. The mystery of Christ in verse number 3. The mystery of prayer is a part of the greater mystery of Christ. Prayer gives us an, our opportunity for sharing in the ministry of others of like precious faith. It is a gracious provision that God has made for us, not only to aid in another's ministry, but also to lay up treasures in heaven. So you say, well, preacher, that seems like you took a turn from where you started the message about helping those without. No. The point is, is that we have lives of power that no matter what we're going through, we're walking through prayer, we have others praying with us and for us, and then we have the opportunity, no matter what it is that we're going to, to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, to take the opportunity for someone who is without. And when trials come, we don't say, oh, well, I guess it was a mistake to surrender to God. 
I guess it was a mistake to give my all to Jesus because it sure did get hard. No, man. Listen, God, it's not about you. It's not about the strength. No, you don't have the strength in of, of yourself. But we do through the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It's, there's none of us in here that are really stronger than the other person. The only difference is maybe there's some people that have learned just to depend on... Maybe there's some more people who have figured out how weak they are and how much they need to depend on the Lord. The people you think, the people you think of that you think that are spiritually strong, it's actually because they figured out how weak they are. And the strength you see in their lives is the strength of the Holy Spirit of God. It's His power. And then there again, He said, you know, I appreciate that we're getting back into the mission's emphasis. And as we, um, you know, I, I was hoping in February that we would uh, have our, our meeting about missions, but we're, uh, we're, we're, we're working on that. But pray for me that I'll have utterance. You know what? When we pray for our missionaries, we can have a part in what they're doing. When we give to our missionaries, yes. But even as we pray for our missionaries, and that's why, you know, Ryan's doing a great job just already, uh, just trying to keep the missionaries before the church. Folks, these folks are an extension of our ministry. We want to pray with them. We, 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 want to, we want to see, number one, the investment, but also we want to continue to invest through prayers and care for what it is that they're doing and how the Lord's doing them. So the thought tonight is just simply winning those that, that are without. We do that by accessing the power that we have through prayer. Amen? All righty. Well, God bless you. Thank you for your patience tonight. Hope you all have a really good evening.